0: Love, Hope, Radio.
1: There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prisoners will be black because don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks do not practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourself up. As I told that five-story building. You're setting yourself to get wiped out understand the nature of race which is economic if you if you build the first floor it's economic build your businesses in your industries control buildings in industry and put that pools in your money and hold that money and a and practice group economics <coughs> with it Arab and Asian money bounces eight, 12 to 13 times or at least Jewish money bounces 18 times black folk got learn how to practice group economics black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they over-incarcerate when they, when they over you? You're going to go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're going to march. March but what? Who cares? Marching has never changed anything.
0: Right at the heart of Kangami slums sit a small, brightly painted private school. With congregated metal for walls and Ramesh for windows and wooden desks, It may seem nothing out of the ordinary, but this is where 500 Bridge International Academy pupils meet every day for classes. The school is one of the 405 Harambe schools in the country offering affordable quality education to children from low-income families.
2: Okay, our pupils come from the community where the school is located, and uh, currently our community, Gishagi community, is not that rich. It is, um, some okay, say, a poor community. So the pupils who learn here are also, yeah, one of less, more disadvantaged.
0: Parents pay 590 shillings per term for pupils in baby class and pre-unit. 880 shillings for pupils in upper primary. Parents who cannot afford to pay the school fees at once are also allowed to pay school fees in installments.
2: We pay in installments and we have grace periods when we are paying our fees. So for for a parent from a low class you can afford to pay the the fees. Wakiwa kanzo.
0: Step into any classroom at bridge and the chances are that the teacher will be uttering exactly the same words that are being uttered in other public and private schools. In a less crowded classroom, students and teachers use tablet computers connected to the Internet to receive lesson plans and classroom content from Bridge master teachers. I also prepare myself, uh, maybe I
2: can even think of how I'm going to deliver the lesson best because delivering the lesson does not only uh, mean reading whatever is in the teacher
0: computer. Each teacher begins his or her day by starting the teacher's guide for the day as uploaded to their tablets earlier in the week.
2: They are to others because they could make other people see.
0: The teacher's computer also helps in tracking student test scores and then uses the data to equally refine learning material, which is then sent back to classrooms. This rapid feedback loop means that education content is always getting better and students don't need to constantly purchase new expensive books. Uh, very early in the morning, there's teacher preparation time. That's when we review, the, we
2: preview the lessons in the teacher computer and uh, prepare for every lesson that is. Collection of the appropriate materials and putting them ready. I mean, we have schedules inside the teacher tablet which the teachers use. So the lesson plan, everything, lesson arrangement, it is there. Even if it might interest you, we also have the register of the pupils there.
0: According to Mary Juma Okal, a class one teacher, the tablet has made work very easy. It makes our work easier
2: because the lessons are already there, uh, everything is there. So what I need to do is just to follow it 100% and to deliver whatever is inside there to the pupils. So they don't have books to carry at class, what they do is have go to class with their chalk, carry their teacher computer and deliver.
0: Academy managers also have smartphones which also allow them to seamlessly sync their academy's tablets, pupil admissions, tuition fee payments, and instructional monitoring.
2: Um, yeah, we have some bridge schools where we have a pilot program about five, six schools, where the students actually have not this tablet but another make, and uh, inside the tablet we have a lot of content, say storybooks. And um, actually, I think if the pilot program goes on successful it is going to be introduced all around the um, bridge schools.
0: Bridge International Academy preschool pupils learn using materials such as mini anchor chalkboards to allow pupils to practice writing without the need for paper. Teachers at the preschool also use colored counters which are essentially bottle caps and the plastic rings to teach color recognition, counting and other basic mathematical concepts.
2: There are some kids who don't know how to count. I use that time to assist them count using the blocks. Can count the blocks one, two, three. Because they are of different colours. I can use them to they use them to identify colours. Okay. Also I use thread and chalk. For example, if in the morning we learnt a, a number, maybe number six. And some of them didn't know how to light, didn't make to light. I used that time
0: to assist them. However, the academic future of these children is not known, as the Rambe schools are at risk of closure after the Ministry of Education released tough guidelines on the operation of the schools. According to the education guidelines, at least 50% of teachers in the schools should have a government-recognized certificate and be registered by the Teachers' Service Commission. The guidelines are silent on the compliance timeline. If we see by mistake anyone in government sees alternative providers of education as a negative force, as a competitor that must be destroyed, well, the cost is going to be really high because if you shut down the schools right now, all of them, what you would need immediately is to create you know, 15,000 new classrooms. $22 to create 15,000 new classrooms. Kenya Independent Schools Association Chairman George Mikwa claims that the Ministry of Education published a different guideline without consulting them. Mikwa says they had met with the Education Ministry and agreed that each school should have 33% of its teachers registered with TSC in three years.
2: But when they went back, to, um, to their office, to their pleasure, like, the major consistent issues that we are talking about in Eker they change. So um, our participation has been regular and we do follow up with the Ministry of education to make sure that things are not bad. It's usually not the way we think.
0: These people are not competitors to the government. They are not uh, opponents to the government. They are complementary. They are partners and the government needs to start seeing them in that way. The first Bridge International Academy opened in the Mukuru Slam in Nairobi in 2009. Today, there are over 412 academies across Kenya and Uganda. By 2025, Bridge plans to be educating 10 million children across a dozen countries. The Jubilee government's manifesto on education is that every child gets basic education, and Bridge International School is a clear indication that Harambe schools can still offer quality education at affordable rates for pupils whose parents are low income earners. Brenda Zedaradido at Bridge International School in Kangemi.
3: Sheriffs are here. Why are they here? Sheriff's Department, you, you need to come sorry. to the door. Hi, you Through the window. We just, we just gotta explain. We just gotta explain. Okay. Don't okay. do Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm uh, Deputy Anderson with the Sheriff's Department, and uh, we're here to serve you with a court ordered eviction. Okay, well. So, sir, ma'am, and, uh, do you have any weapons on your body or anywhere in the house that we need to know about? No, 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 no. Uh, Not at Mr. Carver. Good morning, sir. I am. My name's Rick Carver. I'm a licensed real estate broker. Mr. Carver. Hi. Uh, and uh, I'm very sorry to tell you that this home has been foreclosed on and officially transferred to the bank. And I'm going to need you to please vacate the premises. No, I, I understand what you're saying, Mr. Carver, and I've, 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 we've been getting our eviction notices. I was in court yesterday. Yeah. And And uh, the judge informed me that I got 30 days to file for an appeal. And that's what I intend to do. Well, if you posted bond and you have an emergency stay signed by the judge, you're welcome to... I got a question. You guys didn't get any uh, rescheduling of the... What i received is a court order signed by a judge. It says you are to vacate these premises today. This home is owned by the bank.
4: Okay. Today's podcast is titled housing. We're going to do a brief one today. Housing school versus housing shelters. Once again, housing school versus housing shelters. Uh, the live stream number is six one nine seven six eight two nine four five. Got a call over the weekend. Saturday to be exact. And there's a... I got word of a couple... elderly couple... Um... You but elderly couple or older couple? Anyway, they need a place to stay. I just happen to have one that nobody's in. So uh, we made arrangements for those people to get in so they won't be homeless. Then um, this morning, Ironic, and something happened yesterday dealing with the homeless. Uh, oh, I got another call Saturday. Text message, actually. Dealing with an, the first case is in Oklahoma. Second case is in Texas, where I got a call, a text message, and made a phone call, followed up with a phone call yesterday. And then this morning, Monday, I see something on Facebook where somebody's doing a, a fundraiser and they're, they're facing eviction or homelessness. Well, homelessness, not eviction. Um, August 1st, which is pretty simple. So I had a little conversation with that person. Essentially, they got a um, uh, some kind of marital discord, and the guy left, and the woman is uh, who's not a citizen of the United States, uh, but has a child here, infant, practically right infant, first year. So she's she's uh, in a, a lurch uh, now. This person's in Texas, and we we've got some uh land holdings in Texas, but it's like several hours apart. And she's on her way to a shelter. I mean, go. She checked at shelters, but there were seventy people ahead of her at one particular shelter. She's still got a roof over head right now, but you know, she's just trying to forward things. Um and two well three weeks ago we had a guest on also in Oklahoma. Um she will have to go to court. Um uh, she doesn't come up with the appropriate money plus late fees and this and other uh on top of the money that she already owes. She's out. So <clears throat> I was—I uh, got to thinking this morning. You know what? That if we want to go back to the roots of it, "It's My House," that's how it's—I guess "It's My House" quietly got started because I had a house sitter, and I, I mentioned you know three years, two three years to get her out. But it all started when somebody that I knew, they had got kicked out of a, a relative's house. She got kicked out of her sister and brother-in-law's house and was headed towards a shelter and I said, no, 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 no. You can stay at my because I you know I was on my way out of town for three months. So I didn't want to rent it to somebody that I didn't know. I actually knew this person. So uh, that's why I said, you know, take care of the utilities, which you're going to be using anyway, and then you can be a housing. But they were on their way to a shelter, so I, I'm, I'm thinking, there's a business opportunity here. And that's why I titled this podcast Housing School, which is housing shelters. Uh, I'm going to play this quick uh, clip from 99 Homes and then come back to because we we're we've been talking about housing school but i want to add a little bit more substance to it this morning
3: have we got anything else boss next Natalia, is tuesday natalia take care of it okay randy All right. so, so, well, so, we've got a judge so, sir ma'am. and a lawyer who told so, this, us we can stay so, is this your mom yeah, this my yeah. All right. I'm going to need you and your mom to step off the property now. Just, you know what? If you all can come hours. back, no, no. 24 24 what going to do? come what back going to do? tomorrow same what? time. What? What? And we're if we do? don't we'll have the papers, we don't have the proof. We're in process then we with a lawyer. We have a lawyer. Then we we, we, we got it all okay. figured okay. out. Folks. Folks. Just give Listen, us a day. We can we can dance together, but we can't talk together. Okay. We need not do not close the door.
0: We need a day. We need a day. Listen, this is what I'm going to do. No, do
3: not close the
0: door. We need a day. We need a day. is I will do whatever I want.
3: Two minutes to pack whatever belongings you need, cash, checkbook, no, medicine, happening. anything that you need. Yeah, this is, this is happening. No, this All right, is look. not happening.
0: The this can't
3: be 30 days. Ma'am, excuse, oh, excuse me, Excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me Wait, what is Just walking by, sir. I don't know if it's a madam We can't let the woman once we start in Excuse me, please, please don't... This is, this is, by, sir, listen to me, sir. There is There are two ways that we can do this. All right, an easy way, which you do what you're told and ask... All right. The other way is that I take you and your mom to jail. Okay, do you want your mom to go to jail? What I'd like you to do, take advantage of the two minutes, gather what you need. Going back, do not close the door. Now look, you're all trespassing. All of you get off my property. No, sir. You and your wife are trespassing. This is property of the bank now. Okay, we're doing you a courtesy and giving you an opportunity to collect some of your belongings. I suggest you take advantage of it. There's two ways to do this. The easy way, where you pack your belongings and you go, or I escort you to jail. It's your choice. Yes, let's go. I'm so going to clear it. Mr. Baldwin? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nash? Huh? Are you all right, well, Mr. Baldwin, look, there's a process that took place. All the paperwork was submitted, signed by a judge. It's all legal. We need to step out step outside. You don't see him sit with me? Okay. I, I don't have the... And I've never seen anything like this before. I don't know. You know? Do you know if they have any guns in the house? yet? you have I mean, he likes to hunt, he's a so, he to yeah, he likes to, he likes to shoot dogs a lot. I mean, he's a pretty even kill guy. Not hot-tempered or anything. morning, Rick. Uh, yeah, we may have some trouble with Mr. Green, the lieutenant. It seems that he and his wife have been looking into. stuff. Well, I mean, you know... Anybody? Oh, put no put no the gun down. No put no the gun down. Put the gun no down. Go, no go, go, Put no the gun no down. Sir, no put no the weapon no down. Trespassing. No weapon. Sir, don't
0: do no that. No don't. Stop it! Down. Put that down! Put it down now! Not going to happen, Put sir.
3: Put it down! Hands up. up! Hands up! Hands in the air! Walk out slowly. Keep your hands in the air. Keep walking. Keep walking. Stop! Turn around. Face the home. Turn around. Turn around. Now walk slowly towards the sound of my voice. Stop. Get on your knees, sir. Lie down on your stomach, sir, with your arms extended out to the side.
4: All right, another clip from the uh film ninety nine homes. Um as I stated if I, uh, looking back at like I say the series of um, communications I had over the weekend, matter of fact I had to call some of these people back this morning. Um, And this is just through a social network, which, you know, I guess ships are coming in. But in any event, like I said, if you get back to, I guess, the mustard mustard seed of It's My House, it all started when somebody I knew, and like I said, was headed out of town like in a couple of days, and I was going to rent my house out um, Had an ad running and everything However This person was headed to a shelter And I said well no you don't have to pay me rent In this house seat. Now I'll say let me put my landlord head on Okay Um and and well, I'm gonna leave it up to you. I, 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 it's if a person to a shelter, in most cases, from my experience and observation as a landlord, if a person's headed to a shelter, there's one red flag a glaring red flag that is there a lot of people miss it i missed it and that this person doesn't have any social capital in other words because in this case the mustard seed of it's my house this person has just got kicked Out of their sister and brother-in-law's house Now With that said She For some reason She couldn't go to her mother's house She Apparently she had no social capital To go to her mother's house She had no social capital To go to her father's house She had another sister, I found out later, so she had no social capital to go to her other sister's house. That's three people so far. And then she had a daughter, or has a daughter, and she didn't have enough social capital for not even a daughter to go to wherever her baby's daddy was living. And let's throw in a friend. I'm sure, she, I mean, she didn't have enough social capital to go get a couch, garage, floor mat at any of her friends' homes. I, I don't know that part about that person, but I'm just taking for granted. The average person does have some friends that take at least sleep over their house on the couch. So that's at least a web of five people. In a little small network that she she had to go to a shelter. And most people that go, not all, because in the case of uh, the woman that I had a chat with on Facebook this morning, um, she's relatively new to the United States. So she hasn't had time to develop a social network here. You have quite a few people like that. And people go to shelters for various reasons various reasons. It's not a cookie cutter type thing. But in the case of the mustard seed of this house, my house, that, that's how it was. So what my landlord had on, I would say, if you're aware of a person's social network and they, they're headed to a shelter, okay, then they might be socially bankrupt and you don't want to be on the short end of that stick. That's what happened to me. This person just had no. She didn't have a social network, basically. Basically, do her to her low or almost no or non-existent social skills. All right. Now, and part of that is. They didn't know, really know how to get along with other people. Now, with that said, because different people have different lifestyles, this, that, or other. With that said, um, what we are organizing, but we have to go through our housing school first, is... Because you can set up communal-type housing and all, and, and that might work with some people. But You've really got to know those people before you do that. We're setting things up where we're going to have our housing school where you're learning how to build your own house without bank financing. Then we'll put some legal stuff in there, too. But we're looking at helping people start over on their own, one or two acres of land, maybe on the low end, a half acre. Because a half acre is like half of a football field. And that way, uh, you can start over at your own pace. uh, And that, you know, because like I say, you have people that, a lot of people who have gone to shelters, don't like shelters, and will not go back into a shelter. All right? For various reasons. You know, some people could say they steal things at some shelters. Uh, you got people with substance abuse problems at some shelters. And the thing is what a lot of shelters is, from what I understand, is they don't teach you how to stay out of it, not come back. And every shelter has its own purpose. Some are good. or either Here's a temporary a bed for the night. Or if you stay out of trouble, okay, you can stay here as long as you pay the rent. I think the Salvation Army allows you in for three days. And then after the third day, you have to start paying rent. Um, other places, uh, but you can't stay there forever, though. Um, other places uh, are good at giving you meals. Some give you a bed and a meal. So different shelters operate different things. Some are for women, some are for vets, some are for families. Um, all of them typically, well, many of them, most of them, um, you know, like the lady this morning, one of the shelters that she went to had a waiting list of 70 people. The guests that we had on about three or four weeks ago, she was... Um, think section eight but the waiting list was like what 10 or 15 years long so anyway housing school is uh we we're working out the logistics where if we come across the case because like i said all our all the, the land holdings that we have where we'll be doing instruction and you know helping people build are essentially in rural areas now, one's maybe 90 minutes away from a large metro area. Um, the small town's like a 10 or 15 minutes away in about three cases. Uh, in Oklahoma, like Taft, is um, 15, 15, 20 minutes away from uh, Muskogee, um, you know, which is a nice-sized town decent sized town. I mean it's not huge, but it's not tiny. Uh you get everything you need there for sure. And then of course Tulsa's is like forty miles away. And in any event, so um we're we're working out 'cause like I say there's a whole bunch of people for various reasons that are headed towards the shelter and then some that are not. So we're we're trying to work out um the logistics on how to organize this. Uh, Tomorrow, of course, is homeschool day, and um, I'm going to pose that to uh, our guests tomorrow because um, the people, except for the elderly couple, um, you know, child care, school, or whatever, uh, because if a person's headed towards a shelter, or they have to find a new place to uh uh live uh and they have children um, no that 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 can be an issue uh particularly the way child protection services is today so we're going to discuss tomorrow on how to um how to set up um matter of fact we're going to set up something for homeschooling uh within our homeschool. I mean school excuse me within our housing school. So people can um if they have children of any age, they can just um without the parent have any without having any previous experience at home schooling, uh have a have something set up where they can take advantage. Of um, that. Um, let's see. All right, we'll be back with another clip right after this short break. Hey, we're
3: about
4: to play our next clip for this morning That we've played a gazillion times on here before uh, This will be basically for the, the, the new listeners uh, Particularly the ones that are looking for a place to stay And once again the service podcast is housing school versus housing shelter The, the basic idea of housing school is To learn how to get in the proper um, house Um, and we're going to refer to it when you're with us in person, appropriate technology. Most people have problems with paying the rent, with paying the mortgage, with paying the utility bills, because essentially the dwelling they live in is not the appropriate technology or appropriate housing technology for them to live in. And like I say, if I had my way with the mainstream educational system, um, because appropriate technology can take many forms, but appropriate housing technology would be a basic required course Starting from grade one All right But most people just live in Because a house Apartment A condo A tent A yurt All of these Are different types of housing technologies Now if, if you have uh, Champagne taste. Uh The champagne taste of living In a McMansion But You might have the The bare budget To live in a tiny house So But you've never been taught that You know The maintenance part of it A lot of bankers and your Bankers don't even practice this stuff Because that's where they get caught with all these bad loans Um You know, they figure you make enough money to pay this loan and your credit score is this high or whatever, and you can afford to live in this 2,000-square-foot home or mansion or whatever. But nobody sat down and worked out the maintenance. Because you can go broke behind, you can end up in a shelter because you didn't calculate the maintenance. So, with housing school, we we get to the legal part of the appropriate what type of appropriate technologies should be the roof over your head. And what kind of appropriate technologies do you need to transition yourself into something permanent? So, this that's some of the things things we'll, we will be hitting in housing school. All right. Now, what you know, we'll be working out basic basically is the logistics We're not all over the United States. We're just really into the very, very, very literally ground floor of most of the locations. Let's see, four locations. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, six. We're at eight locations now. We picked up... um, Another couple of addresses over the weekend. So, um, anyway, we got to work out the logistics. So, um, like in in the case of um, the lady that we we talked spoke to this morning, she's in Austin, Texas. Now, where I, I close well, uh, we have a location because Texas is a huge state. Let me. Let's see, Austin, Texas. Uh and all our stuff is like uh in extreme West Texas. Uh in that state. So Austin, Texas, to um make this simple. El Paso, Texas. Uh Eight hours and thirteen minutes from city limit to city limit. All right. So um you know, half the battle right there is Well, I told her I said if you if you come to us, you do gonna have to pay rent. Well I I already got a job for. Her. <laughs> if she comes there for us, she's gonna We'll have something for it to do. But in any event, so I, I'm working on that this morning, but in any event, uh, we're going to play, uh, like I said, a clip we played on here a gazillion times. The The essential thing is this. When people in housing school, is just not an academic class where you sit and in seniors passing, you got a talking head and that type of thing. We're actually, no, you're, you're getting your hands dirty actually building your own place to live. It's not going to be a McMansion. It's not going to be a 2,000 square foot home. It's not going to be a 1,000 square foot home. It's not even going to be a 600 square foot home building. It's not going to be those. It's going to be a uh, Below five hundred thousand excuse me five hundred square feet below uh, matter of fact it'll probably be below four hundred and eighty square feet that's the the largest thing we'll we'll probably tackle is something four hundred and eighty square feet, which we call family size for some people that might not be enough for you, but hey. That's where we're going to go through appropriate technology. So in any event, we're going to scramble through that, but I'm going to play this last clip. Like I said, we played on here, I played this on here a gazillion times. But in this clip, this is just one of the this is the hands-on portion what you're going to be listening to of what you'll be doing if you attend housing school. Because housing school, the whole goal of that Is for you to get something that you will never, ever have to go back to consider going to a shelter again or going on couch surfing or sofa surfing or whatever, unless you just want to go visit as a volunteer and help other people out um, and pick up, you know, so you can help them through what you went through. We're going to play this, and we'll be back tomorrow with, The homeschooling portion of this as well.
5: Hi folks, in this video I'd like to talk about how to have a home with no house payments and no monthly utility bills. You may think that's not possible but I do it and lots of other people do it as well. I'm going to show you how it can be done, how it can be done very inexpensively and just kind of give you some ideas for things that you can do that uh, society and uh, the economic powers that be don't want you to know. So stay with me for a second and let me walk you through this. First, you need some land. This is my piece of land which is under an acre about three-fourths of an acre and that's really all you need to take care of most of the needs you have, and for running a small homestead. Now, I was lucky enough to get this piece of property uh, from family. It was uh, willed to me when my father passed away. But I have also purchased small pieces of property like this for under $400. I have an acre down in uh, Arizona, near Sholo, Arizona, that I purchased for under $400. I have five acres near El Paso, Texas, that I purchased for under $700. So it's very easy to find a piece of land if you do some looking around. Ebay is a good source for finding land. Tax sales are a good source for finding land. Uh, family members may want to sell off a piece of land. Go around looking in rural areas and maybe you'll find a farmer that wants to split off a small piece of land and would gladly sell you one. You don't have to spend a lot of money on land. Okay, This is land that doesn't have utilities run to it. Uh, it doesn't have a blacktop road that runs into it or driveway. It's rough land. That's what you start with usually if you want to buy a small piece of land that you're going to homestead on. After you have your piece of land, then you're going to have to have a house. You can have a big house like most people live in and you can pay a lot of money for it and have a mortgage and be a slave to the system for another thirty years or you can decide if you'd like to build a smaller house like mine. Paid for with cash. This is my solar cabin. The cabin cost me $2,000 to build. That does not include the doors and windows which I salvaged off of a trailer that was being torn down. For the cabin, it cost me $2,000. It is 14 by 14. Downstairs is living area, dining area, bathroom, kitchen. Upstairs, I have a loft bedroom and an office. In my other videos, I take you on a complete walkthrough of this cabin, so watch those if you want to see how the cabin is uh, as large as it is and functional on the inside. Up there on my roof, you see my solar panels. That's a 350-watt solar system that provides all of my electricity needs for lights, TVs, water pumps, all miscellaneous gadget, laptop TV, run my vacuum, and everything else off of a 350-watt system that 350 watt system cost me under three thousand dollars. two thousand dollars for the cabin three thousand dollars for the power system of solar electricity and I use propane. I have a propane tank in the back of the cabin and I have a propane furnace, fridge, stove and on-demand water heater and those cost me just about two hundred dollars for an entire year and we have cold winters here folks Under $200 for an entire year for all of my propane. That is the only utility bill I have. I do not pay for electricity. I do not pay for water because I drilled my own water well. Before I drilled my own water well, though, I hauled water in. But drilling a water well on a piece of property is not that hard. You can either do it yourself or hire somebody to do it. So I have no monthly utility bills. I have a house that's completely paid for. And I have freedom a freedom that you can't get when you're under the pressure of a mortgage and utility bills. I want you to take just a minute and think about what you could do with your life if you had no house payments and no utility bills. And I'm telling you, it is completely possible. I'm not going to go into any details of how to get out of the house that you're in. You're going to have to figure that out and talk to some professionals for some help that way. All I'm here to do is tell you it's completely possible. Now, some of you are looking at the cabin and saying, yeah, but I couldn't possibly live in anything that small. This cabin was designed specifically for additions to be built on any of three sides. As you can see, the cabin has no windows on any of the three sides. There is a window in the back door glass. The sides are 14 by 14. The cabin was built to have uh, shed additions built on all three sides. This cabin is 400 square feet approximately inside with 200 square foot footprint. When you add on additions, you could add on an additional 400 square feet on either side and off the back, giving you anywhere from 800 to 1,200 square feet. The great thing about building a small cabin to start out with, though, is it gives you a place to live when you build on your additions, and that way you can wait and live very cheaply without any house payments or utility bills, and then when you have the money, you can build on the additions to expand the cabin. That's very good for a single person or a young couple who don't have children because you don't need a whole lot of space to start off with. This way you can save for it, build on as you want to, have the additions, uh, have the extra room if that's what you want. Now, I live full-time in this cabin. I live by myself, but my girlfriend comes up here on the weekends, and we stay together, and let me tell you, it's perfectly comfortable. We don't feel cramped at all, and we'd much rather have a small place like this. It takes a lot less money to heat. It takes a lot less money to cool. It's a lot easier to clean. Uh, it's just a, a fantastic home. Now, I'm not trying to push you into building a home exactly like mine. I'm just trying to provide you with some ideas. If you wanted to come up with different ideas, a different plan, that's that's just fine by me. But if you are interested in learning how to build a home like mine, I do have an ebook available and a printed book available called Simple Solar Homesteading. Go to www.simplesolarhomesteading.com. You can learn how to build a cabin like mine, or at least get some great ideas for building your own home. Now I want to repeat. I own my land. I have a house that I built for under $2,000. I have a solar electric system that I have for under $3,000. I use propane, which costs me under $200 a year. I have no house payments. I have no utility bills. If you want a life like this, it is very possible. You can stop listening to the media, and you can stop being put under society's pressures to live in the type of houses that everyone tells you you have to live in. You can live very inexpensively, and you can do this at at any age, whether you're older or younger. If you're younger and you start in a place like this, imagine the amount of money that you would have to retire on with no house payments, no utility bills, and freedom. Thank you for joining me, folks. Please watch the rest of my videos for more detailed information on each of the systems and a complete walkthrough of the cabin.
4: Okay, so what we're organizing is uh, for people who don't have time to read a book, or might not, really, that's the bottom line, don't have time to read a book, the use of that, same time for you reading the book, paying for the book in this area of other. Uh, We're we're gonna we're working out options on how to get people to our retreat sites, which will actually become homesteads. All right, tomorrow we're gonna cover uh, the homeschool aspect of it. People who have children, uh, how do you keep your kids, uh, children educated or in school, or arrange for them not to miss school by actually putting them into a home school environment while their while your family is transitioning.